We only got one life, so it's time to live it for. I don't hesitate, I embrace every day. Cause we only got one life, so it's time to live it for. It's not about trying to achieve more again, but rather how to lose and let go. Let me explain. Once you let go of all things that aren't significant, you'll be left with everything that is truly important. I'm living everyday life with a purpose. Living everyday life with a purpose. This is another episode of the podcast. Live it for. You clicked play, so I have a feeling you know where you are. But if you don't, it's the latest episode of Live It Full Podcast. I'm Richard. I am in the studio today by myself. And I'm going to talk about something I think we all go through. We all go through different seasons. We go through different cycles. But as entrepreneurs, as business owners, and even if you're not, I think that this episode will apply to you because I think we all go through this dreaded thing that we call burnout. But first, if you like the podcast, go leave us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening to it, although 90% of our listens come from Apple. Um, I digress. Go follow us on social media. If you haven't, find us at Live It Full on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I'm on Twitter, but I don't really use it. I might start down more that Elon Musk is jacking with it. Um. I wanted to talk today. I mean, I, I briefly said the word burnout. I think there may be other words that are that are good for it. Um, but, you know, it's a good one to use because I think that that's what uh, is common colloquially in the United States. As an entrepreneur, it is so easy to burn out. It's so easy for things to get to you to the point where your cup is empty, Right. And we all have heard the phrase, can't pour from an empty cup. Sometimes as entrepreneurs, it's not even just an empty cup. We fill it with the wrong things and the cup gets full and we can't fit anything else in. And then all of a sudden we burn out. And I've been there. I have crashed hard and burned. That probably cost me a year of progress because I never, instead of addressing it, I let it linger and just half-assed it best way to put it. I've learned how to recharge. Now, what works for me may not work for everybody. Um, Caitlin and I've talked a lot about this. She does not get the same recharge from say a conference with speakers, um, industry driven or, or motivational or listening to, you know, Zig Ziglar or the classics like Tony Robbins, um, or reading a book that about leadership or, or things that it, that doesn't work for her as well as it does me. So your mileage, as they say, may vary. However, I think that there's some common things that you can look for and try to figure out how to alleviate some of the burnout symptoms. Um, because we're in the society that is constantly like, and I say it too, sometimes like you just on the days you don't feel like doing it, you still got to do it. If you want to be successful, if you want to go from good to great, the difference maker are the days you don't feel like doing it, right? Motivation doesn't last. Zig said that. It's kind of like um, taking a bath. You got to do it every day for it to be effective. You got to put on deodorant every day to, to not stink, right? Motivation only lasts so long, so there's got to be something else driving you. Well, It's really easy, though, to burn yourself out doing that, especially I'm talking to my entrepreneurs, my, my multi-level marketers out there, my people with their side hustles. 
got a lot of kids, got a kid. I mean, your situation may be completely different, but it's easy to fall into these traps of working yourself into a uh, burnout mode. And so I, I wanted to talk about that a little bit today. And I had been thinking about it, had been on my heart. And I think that it's something that if you're new to this game, if you're new to the entrepreneur life, you've got to learn how to rest and you have to learn how to recharge. But those moments may not be a week on the beach in Mexico because those days may be few and far in between your first two, three, four, five years of business. Number one, because you don't have the time or the money to go do those things because every dollar you have may be reinvested. And that's okay. But you have to figure out what recharges your soul. The, the other part of it is what I've found with some people in coaching and talking to others is when we burn out, a lot of time it's because we're spending too much time on the things we're not passionate about. If it drains your your time, your money, your resources, your energy, and you hate it, then maybe that's something you should outsource. Um, I saw one of our followers on Facebook posted the other day, if it doesn't bring you peace, profit, or progress, eliminate it. And I agree with that some. You know, Kaylin and I talk a lot about faith, family, finance, and fitness because so many things were pulling at us for a few years. So if y'all know the 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 backstory to the Live It Full blog, the podcast, the website, which is www.liveitfull.com. If you know that backstory, you know it's because I got burned out. And it took the death of my father for me to actually understand why I was doing what I was doing and why I was putting business first or why I was putting things, putting my family before my faith like it, it's this weird thing that you don't, you have to have sometimes have these traumatic events and I was burned out, but it's because I wasn't always doing what I was passionate about. I wasn't always putting my faith first or my family second, you know, or my family before business. And so I started to have to learn those things on my own. And so I want to talk about it to help you avoid some of that. Um, and then to know when, what, how to read the signs that you're getting there. And so I'm big on things bringing us peace. And the reason we prioritize faith, family, finance, fitness is because you only have so much time in the day, right? We all have a finite amount of time, yet some people get very productive and some people aren't. I want to be one of those productive people. It's my nature. I don't sit still well. I am busy. I have ADHD. My mind is always going and it is always on business or whatever I'm needing to read about right then to learn. And so it's a superpower when you know how to use it. Otherwise, you can read mindlessly about King Cobras in India. And that leads to, you know, you just go down this rabbit hole. All of a sudden, you're the expert in the room on all these things that really don't matter. But if you can turn it into something you're passionate about, that's a different story. But that's ADHD kicking in and I'm kind of digressing. But the point is, I don't sit still well. I don't. My mind doesn't sit still, even if my body is at rest. Um, And so I know that I have to rest my mind. Some people may be more, I need to rest my body. The reason we talk about faith, family, finance, and fitness is I think that that God, our creator, made us to toil. We're supposed to sweat a little every day. We've gotten this sedentary lifestyle of us sitting in office chairs is terrible for your health. And I think we've gotten in this, this grind of that. And it is, and it's hard. And I mean, have you ever sat at the office all day and felt worse when you left than when you got there? And you're like, I didn't really do anything physical. Well, it's because you sat there all day. 
And so, I mean, I think fitness is a big part of that. I think we've always talked about finance and fitness being like 3A and 3B without like, it could go either way. It's physical fitness and financial fitness. Um, physical just doesn't start with an F. So it doesn't work as well for my mantra of the, the faith family finance fitness, but it's equally as important, I think, as is your financial fitness. And some people do. And, and my buddy, Matt Adkins, and I've talked about it. He puts physical fitness before the business, because if you don't do that, then you can't run your business. And, and I agree. I mean, I think that that's, that's definitely true. But like God didn't make us to sit around. He made us. Uh, it, maybe it was the fall. You know, maybe before, before the fall in, in the garden, we were good to just lay around and you know, sunbathe nude all day. But like after that, I mean, he told us we're going to toil in the fields. Things are going to be hard. Like our bodies are designed to work. We're supposed to sweat a little every day. We're supposed to till. We're supposed to, you know, reap. And so when all those agricultural terms or we say agrarian terms, maybe. Um, and so, I mean, I think that that's a, it's an important thing. We need to be doing that every day. But so we know that we don't have time for everything. In, in like 2016, 17, 18, I was really involved in some organizations that are good causes. And so don't get me wrong. There are things you can be doing right now as an entrepreneur that are good, worthwhile causes, but maybe they aren't your cause. And it took me a long time to understand that because I had a hard time saying no. So one of the most important things I'm going to tell you as an entrepreneur is you have to learn when to say no, because every decision you say yes to everything that you agree to do takes time away from something else. It is always a trade-off. And that is one of the hardest things, especially as a new entrepreneur, and you're trying to meet people and network and they say, hey, can you be on this board? Can you do this? Can you serve for this cause? You say, Absolutely. Then all of a sudden, you don't have time for your faith or your family or your business because you're doing all these noble, good, worthwhile causes. And so I had to take a step back and say, if it's not faith, it's not my church, I'm not serving on it. If it doesn't benefit my family, I'm not serving on it. If it doesn't benefit my business, probably not going to serve on it. If it doesn't help my fitness, because if it takes away time that I could be working out or at least cooking healthy or, you know, all the things that go into that, then I can't do it. And so I had to step away from a few things. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're bad things at all, but what you'll find is there are a lot of worthwhile causes out there that aren't yours. So really only commit to the things you are passionate about. I know a couple of years ago I said I'd never serve on another board for a nonprofit or for an organization again. Somehow I've gotten you know roped into being on a uh, a sports league board for us. Um, totally fine. It it is part of my family. I've got some kids that are playing that sport and will be playing that sport for the next few years, and then I've got some more coming up. So I feel like I can make an impact there. But I have to know that I'm taking time from something else to do that. And it's always going to be a trade-off. So the first, you know, it's not the first thing I've rambled a lot, but as an entrepreneur, you have to do the things that you can fit into the day that benefit your faith, family, finance, your business, and your fitness. You have to take a hard look at anything else. You have to learn. So this is the takeaway from it. Learn how to say no. 
Because if you can't say no, you're going to end up in a situation where you're burning out. Promise. Happens to the best of us. And so I was thinking about that. We don't always rest. Um, I had somebody tell me once, you know, it's hard to go to church because on Sundays, it's like our one day a week that we don't have things going on, whether it's sports or, you know, work or everything else. And I was like, yeah, but you're supposed to go, like you're supposed to worship. And so I think that that's a, that's a hard thing. I think entrepreneurs, we do work seven days a week. Whether you're at your office in front of a computer, like it doesn't matter. Most people who are in, in that are self-employed work seven days a week. May not always be scheduled, but you're always working. And I mean, God told us like in the beginning, it's like Genesis 2, 2. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done and rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified because in his, in it, he rested from all his work, which God created and made. Does God need rest? I'm not a theologian. I didn't go to seminary. Um, I don't know Hebrew, but I'm going to assume that God doesn't actually need to rest, right? We're talking about an omnipotent, all-knowing, alpha, omega, beginning, end, always has, always will be, infinite creator. Did he need to rest? Probably not. But what is he doing? He's outlining what we need to do. We need to rest one day a week. Our bodies are made to toil, but not every day. You actually have what we call the law of diminishing returns after a while. It's that burnout. You have to figure out the sweet spot for you where you can rest and be productive. But so I wanted to talk about this and hit on it some. I had shared a post on on Facebook this week on Live It Fool that had gotten a lot of traction and and was a more popular post as far as um, impressions go. So that means a lot of people saw it. It was shared. It was it was uh, commented on. You know those kind of things. And it says when you feel overwhelmed and you're tempted to take everything into your own hands, you have to make yourself be still. The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. And so, of course, the ADHD brain of mine starts going down that rabbit hole of how many times does the Bible say be still? That's like the first thing I think of. So I go to Google and I Google it and I start going down this rabbit hole of, well, there's a lot of translations. You go from Greek to Hebrew and and be still is an English word that's used a lot throughout like the NIV, even in the even some in the King James you can go through different translations and there's different words, but the the Greek and the Hebrew words are a lot different. And there's a lot different. There's, there's seven or eight different words that are translated to be still. And I, I don't have time to get into all of those. It's interesting if you're into that, but I found it really interesting. I'm reading uh, one of our followers and friends and amazing photog um, who did our, our cover art picture for this, uh, this podcast. Um, said one of her life verses was Exodus 14, 13 and 14. Um, I'm going to read the end of it. It says, the Lord will fight for you. You need to only be still. Still doesn't suit me. Still is hard for me. You watch, if you ever watching the video clips that we put up of the podcast, 
I'm moving the mic. I'm scratching my face. I am not somebody who still suits. It was always hard in school because I'm a little all over the place. Call it nervous energy, ADHD, uh, whatever. Like I, I'm constantly moving. It's a trait that's that's as an, an adult has served me well. I'm not good at resting. I'm not good at laying on the couch. I'm not good at, at sitting down and intentionally zoning out. It's not. It's just not in my nature. So when God says to you, only need to be still. Yeah, that's hard for me. It really is. But what I found interesting about the Exodus verse is, is the word isn't the same word for be still in the Hebrew that they use from, from the Psalm, which I think the Psalm probably the most, Psalm 4610 is probably the most used, most quoted, most, you know, put with a pretty background and sepia tones and, and shared on Instagram. Be still and know that I am God. It's a different word they use. So in Exodus, it actually, the word actually translates better as peace. You only have to have peace. You only have to be at peace. And I think it's cool. I think any of those words work. But I think it's always cool to get a different understanding of the um, etymology of the words to where you know, did they translate that exactly the way that it was written? Exactly the way that we'll understand. Because be still. In English makes sense, but be at peace makes sense too. There's some other ones that the word in Greek more means muzzle, like for a dog, like a little harsher, like shut up, sit there, be quiet. We still translate it, be still. You know, and I think about when Jesus, like in Mark 4.39 shows his authority over nature and tells the storm, be still. Jesus calms the storms. Of course, that's a metaphor for us. I think he physically did it, but he's showing us there is a storm raging in all of us. Some of us more than others. Some of it's maybe it's childhood trauma. Maybe it's self-inflicted. Maybe it's ego. Maybe it's sin. It's baggage we carry because we don't feel like we're truly ever redeemed because we don't truly believe in God's grace yet. There's a storm in all of us, and Jesus says, be still. Sometimes, as entrepreneurs, we have to step back and be still. We are the problem solvers. We are the CEO, the janitor. You know, we we may do everything in our business, especially those of you that are maybe solopreneurs, don't have any employees yet. It's hard to make yourself be still. It's hard to make yourself be at peace. It's hard to muzzle yourself at times. But God tells us so many times from New Testament to Old Testament, be still. Be at peace. Shut your mouth, sit down and listen. And it's gotten harder in this world of ours, I think, to do that. There is always a distraction. There's always something buzzing. There's always a TV on or a phone going or or a notification, a push notification, a pop-up. Something's going on on social media. Do you take time daily to be still? 
where you can be at peace and you can listen to our creator. I think in the chaos of our day-to-day, five minutes of stillness is absolutely important. And so that's what I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to tell you a couple things. You want to avoid burnout, learn how to say no. Focus on your, your top things. I'm not telling you that you should be faith, family, finance, fitness, although I do definitely believe that they apply to everyone. You have to figure out what are your top priorities in life and say no to anything else. Learn how to be still. Learn how to rest. God rested on the seventh day to show us, not because he needed it. He taught us how to pray, not because he needs our prayers, but because we need it. He tells us to be still. But it's not easy. Some of us, it doesn't suit well to be still. It's intentional time. So I would encourage you today, take a few minutes, go to a quiet room, go to a closet, go somewhere that you can be in the absence of everything else but God. Go do that today. Spend a few minutes, however many you can, and just listen. Talk to God. Get rid of all your other distractions. And I can tell you, you start doing these small things every day, the burnout starts to go away. You start feeling fulfilled. Do the things you're passionate about. Love God. Be kind to people. Get rid of the things in your life that you're not passionate about. And follow the dreams that God's put in your heart. That's all I got for you today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. I hope that you got something out of it. Drop us a DM, shoot us an email at info at liveitfull.com. Go to the website, buy some merchandise. We love you. We hope that you continue to live it full and God bless. You, You just listened to this entire episode. That means you gained some type of value. So make sure you leave a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode of Living Full. Living everyday life with a purpose. Living everyday life with a purpose. Make sure you embrace every single day. And we'll see you next time on the Living Full Podcast.